You're listening to Perpessence with Brian Dussel. Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dussel. So my best friend and I had a conversation. We usually stay up till about, I don't know, 5 a.m.-ish every Sunday. Usually it's about midnight and I'm like, you know, I, I got to get going home. I got to get up early. And we always end up talking. And it always ends up being the most real conversations I ever have. And one conversation we had, I was talking about how would, how I would like to work for myself. And we were talking and he was being realistic. And what what is the one thing that can bring you in money out of all the things you do? What is the the one thing that could be the most beneficial financially and I was thinking so that should be my main focus right so now that I know that which is writing so I'm writing what I'm doing is writing a bunch of short stories turning it into a novel and doing a tv script adaptation at the same time and going to pitch that and not expecting big results you know I I am what I am expecting is to get my feet wet and if I do that I'm I'm on like a 10-year plan is where I'm seeing some success and that would be the most realistic beneficial thing I could do to support myself and my kids because I'm thinking about the podcast and you know other podcasts they have sponsors and everything and even the huge ones that's not their main money maker they do that because they like doing that and that's why I want to have this podcast I don't want to do it for for money to support everyone I want to do it to have an outlet do it for the fans do it for you and do it because I want to do it and want I want to keep it that way so yeah I'm focusing on writing today's guest is Chantel Boyer Chantel has a podcast called Black and Revealed and she is a writer she came from Detroit to to, to Toledo and that really impressed me that she traveled all that way just to meet me in person and be on the podcast. I'm really grateful for that. Well, welcome to the podcast, Chantel. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So how's your day? How was your trip to Toledo? Uh, it was good. It was fun. It was, it was a little rocky up front, right. but it was, it was good. We, um, we left last night around 10, me and my girlfriend, and we, uh, we traveled. It was about an hour and a half drive. Yeah, um, made to the hotel and it was it was great. It wasn't too bad, but I'm here. Yeah, so, yeah. A lot of construction right here in Toledo. Yeah, right, right, on, right, uh, 
in front of the library too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, you got a podcast, mm-hmm. and if I remember right, it's called Black and Revealed. Yep. And yep. can you tell me about that? Well, Black and, Re- and Revealed is um, something me and my sister, uh, my best friend, came up with. We're discussing um, just just revealing what black people are, who they are, mm-hmm. in, 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 in its entirety. Um, so one day we were just hanging out and we both creative. We were like, what can we do to impact? What can we do to encourage people? And she was like, we should do a YouTube, uh, YouTube channel. And I was like, ah, that's a lot of work, you know, to do a camera, everything else. So I was like, how about a podcast? And we just um, came together, got some ideas, did some brainstorming, and we t- came up with Black and Reveal. And essentially, Black and Reveal is about um, just taking the essence of blackness and black culture and revealing it and allowing yourself to be, in a sense, vulnerable and mm-hmm. talk about different um, situations, different, uh, different wounds, different scars that we deal as a community, not just about black people, just revealing who we are as people. Um, I think a lot of times we um, shy away from revealing who we are you know, based upon people's perception, based upon people, how they may view us. And so me, me and Kira, um, we just decided to just encourage people through this podcast, and we named it Black and Revealed. Um, and that, that that's where it came from. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, so is that like a <clears throat> like a like a Detroit thing, or is it just going to be like all over the world? Um, I would say all the world. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to minimize it to just one you know sector, one location. But I think people of all gender, of of races, or of cultures can um, can definitely benefit from it, um, and just revealing the parts of who you are, revealing. Uh, uh, the places that you don't want to reveal. So it's not like it's, it's not limited just to Detroit, where we're from, where we're based out of, but at the same time, uh, expanding who we are and expanding people's uh, mindsets and um, how, we, how we view and how we view the world, how people view us. So, so how do you view the world? Mm. I view the world in, 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 in a prism, in the sense that there's no right or wrong answer, but at the same time, there is different perspectives from everyone's point of view. Um, no perspective is right and no perspective is wrong. But at the same time, I think that the the world needs to hear vulnerability, needs to hear um, uh, people telling their story. And everyone has a story. And I believe that everyone's story deserves to be told. And um, just revealing those parts of you to other people because your story can affect and help and encourage someone else. So Yeah, it, when someone's struggling and you hear that on a podcast, like... Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going through the same thing, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I definitely can. And it's like, if you don't reveal those parts of you and you keep it tucked in and tucked away, and um, that person that was, you know, needed to hear what you have to share wouldn't hear it because of, you know, fear or um, not feeling like your story or how you're feeling is worthy. But like I always say, everyone's feelings and everyone, how they feel and, and how they view things are valid. So. so what made you want to start it? Like, what was the initial... Like, it gave you the idea. Like, did something just, uh, did you just, was it like you were feeling down or was it like you need to speak for someone or? I think because me, like I said, me and Kara, my partner in this, we've been friends over 10 years and we have conversations, if not every day, every other day about the things that we speak on Black and Revealed. And we was like, well, we sound kind of good, so how about the world be able to hear this? And so I think we just wanted a platform to be able to share and express who we are. Um, as women and as black women. And so we just wanted to share that in, in a broader sense, in a more, um, reach more people. 
you know, I, I think that sometimes we focus on ourselves and focus on people around us, but at the same time, like I said before, your story can affect someone else. And so we just decided to um, just buckle down and do it. Because we've been talking about this since 2017. And we've been prolonging it, like, oh, we're going to do it this time, this time. And then one day, I called her and I was like, let's just do it. Let's just buckle down. Let's just get our equipment and let's just do it. And that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. got to do it today. Yeah, because, I mean, if you procrastinate, you would never do it. Right. And we procrastinate for so long because of, obviously, because of fear, fear of failure, fear of success, just a lot of things. And um, we just got to a place where we were like, okay, let's just do it. And if it doesn't succeed how we want it to, okay. But if we can just touch that one person, then we did our job correctly. Right. So. I, I definitely relate there. That's the yeah. reason why I do what I do. It's, yeah. If you affect one person, then they can affect one person. So what made you start your podcast? Um, I was, uh, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. So I spent a whole year trying to discover, look within, find out who I am and find out how to make myself happy and what I want to do with my life. And well, now that was a year ago. So I found that out and decided to do my podcast to help other people and find out their views on life and what makes them happy and succeed and how they view the world, basically. Yeah. Do you think that your podcast has brought healing to you as well by oh, sharing yeah. your story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a therapy kind it of is. deal. It is. Yeah. yeah. I actually had that conversation with um, Kira, actually, and we were saying how us talking and being vulnerable is therapy. It's therapeutic because you get to get it out. Mm -hmm. I know? like to say the mic doesn't lie. It's, yeah. That's so, true. like, yeah. I mean, you can, but it's like, it's supposed to be the truth, you it know? It is, it is. And it's crazy because I don't know for you, but when I get in the microphone, I just have to tell the truth. Like, I just, I can't mm -hmm. sit here and just hold it in. Now, there are some things that, you know, you keep to yourself, obviously, but there are some times I'm like, I just can't, I just can't lie. Mm -hmm. I have to get it out. And once I get it out of me, it's not in me no more. So, therefore, right. it just brings healing. So, um, I think it definitely worked. It, it helped me. Uh, work with my vulnerability issues because you get to be able to be open and um, share your heart so definitely I agree so when we were talking I remember the first thing you said that popped out to me was that you're a writer and when we when you came in here I heard that you said that you were a writer as well and so why are you a writer and what do you write why am I a writer? I have never got asked that question. Well, why am I a writer? I think I'm a writer because that, that's just who I am. That's how, you know, God created me. And um, I do what I do because I love to create. I love to create a world where it brings happiness and peace to others. Um, and through my writing, I just want to, of course, impact and encourage people. Um, writing is just like the podcast, it's very therapeutic to me. It's very, um, it's just something that, that's just me. You know, I, I really can't put into words. I just feel like when God created me, he said, okay, you're gonna be a writer. This is who you are. This is embedded in your DNA. And I mean, I, I can write from poetry to, you know, film and TV scripts. And uh, we saw my earlier music. I can't technically, you know, construct a, a, a music, but I mean, a song, but, I can write a, write, write a song. Um, it's just something that's a part of me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's almost like how, you know, how your heart's a part of you, how your mind's a part of you, how your bones are a part of you. Writing's just a part of me. That's just who I am. So what kind of uh, scripts have you written? 
I wrote a TV script. I have, um, I'm currently in process of writing, writing my web series, or well, two web series for someone else, and um, a film script. Can you tell us about it? Which one? Uh, any of them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would say my TV script, I wrote that back in 2016. It was for a competition for the ABFF, which is the American Black Film Festival. Um, they had competition, and I wrote it. And um, basically, it's about uh, a young a young Caucasian woman, a young African-American male living in Chicago, and how their lives are so parallel. Their lives are so... Um, it's the same almost, but we would never know because they don't have a conversation because we, they don't, you don't talk to the person next to you all the time. So it's just about their life and their struggle um, and how they come together and they meet one another and they're just like, oh, wow, our, our lives are parallel. They're reflecting each other like a mirror and just showing like how we are more alike than different, um, especially in the climate that we're in, um, just showing that we are the same. You know, and that's what my script is about. And, um, yeah, that's that's really what it's about. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, what, what You said that's a web series? That's a TV show. My web series My web series is, based, based, is honestly based upon my life. Um, I was in a relationship back in 2017, and some stuff happened, and I just decided to write this certain perspective of my relationship. And um, I, just, I just wrote that as a web series. I never actually... I watch web series, not not as an ongoing thing, but I watch it. And I was talking to actually once again Kara, and I was just like, "This is, you know, this is my idea. You know, how sh it should be a TV show, it should be a film, a short film." She's like, "How about web series?" I was like, "Hmm, okay, I go with web series." And so I wrote it. I'm right. I'm just, like I said, I'm currently in the process of writing a web series, so it's just based upon my life that happened. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. doing a web series as well. Are you? Are yeah. you writing it? Or I figured. Yeah, I'm figured that the way. TV is going now, like, mm -hmm. why not a web series, you know? Right. And it's free, and you can raise money you if can. you want, Kickstarter or something like that. Yeah. So so what are yours about? It's called Baristas. Oh, wow. So it's a comedy in a coffee shop in Toledo. <laughs> and the lead character is actually it's a black female, mm -hmm. and it, it, uh, the story revolves around her. She feels like she wants to do something better with her life. Basically, I am throwing myself in. <laughs> well, you throw yourself in all your characters. Absolutely. But, but she feels she can do something better with her life. She doesn't want to be stuck at the dead-end job. Right. And, but she also doesn't think what she does is, like, that right. good or doesn't see it. Right. And she's, like, a, a beat maker. And everyone tells her, like, to pursue her dream. And she's just like, nah. Right. I'm just, I'm just going to do my job. and. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a comedy though. So okay. It's a good okay. slap humor comedy. I've never uh, wrote a comedy. That's something I feel like I, I haven't tapped into yet. Mm -hmm. Mine's just more so like drama field yeah. type heart felt, but that's that's awesome. Yeah. So so when you said that you throw your character throw yourself in her character, mm -hmm. how in, in what way? Uh, well, like I have a day job, and mm -hmm. I feel like I feel that like my talents can't do anything in there. I work mm -hmm. in a factory, so right. it's like, can't really do anything. I listen to podcasts, though, right. so that's awesome. Right. I get to talk to people every once in a while if they want to talk, mm -hmm. and we, I've had some interesting conversations, so yeah. like I get to do that, but like I would love to do like music and podcasting and 
writing is what I would like to all that combined and as you're a source of of yeah. income yeah that's how I am now with I'm actually working now and I'm <clears throat> and it's hard because it's like you want to follow your dreams but then there's also bills you have to pay yeah yeah you definitely. know so it's like how do you do both how do you juggle both and mm-hmm. I'm definitely in the crossroads with that trying to pursue my writing career um, allowing that to be a source of income but at the same time still working a nine-to-five yeah you know and I know for me like coming home from work you know I'm, I'm so tired you know, it's always like your dreams get put on hold because you can't even write. You, mm-hmm. know, you have to have energy and your mind you, has to be sharp. Yeah. And yeah, so it's definitely a, a battle, but I think it's it's a learning of how to right. balance the two. I had one guy that threw a lot of inspiration into me, and he is he owns a trailer house company, and they write trailer music for movies, mm. and that that's something I like doing. Yeah. And he didn't go full-time until he was 30 years old. Wow. He worked in a factory. He worked the same hours I did, 40, mm-hmm. 60 hours a week. And he, he said once the clients, he had to turn down clients all the time, that's when he knew yeah. it was time to leave. Yeah. So, like, he did it responsibly. And, like, that inspired me. It wasn't like I quit my job and I go to Hollywood and, right. and just see if I sink or swim. Right. But... Right. He did it like he had kids, he had a family, and that's I, I see myself right there because I have kids and like responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most important. Yeah. So at what point I wonder do you just say I'm gonna go after my dreams? Yeah, it's, it's just, always a risk though. It's always a risk. But it's always a risk where I'm at now. Right. Like, right. You don't know if you'll keep your job. True. This, this is not forever. Nothing's forever. Mm-hmm. So like I say, when it feels right. Yeah. That it's time. Because it's like, I, I meet some people all the time, like, yeah, I just quit my job and I just went after my dreams and they made it. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's like, but how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to survive in life? You know, because yeah. you can move to California, but we both know California living is is not Super cheap. expensive. Or yeah. even New York, or it's just like, how do you follow your dreams at the same time, make an everyday living? Yeah. So. Well, the way I see it, I'm going to still do it no matter what. Right. If I don't make a living off of it, I do it because I love doing it. Right. I don't do it for the money, or mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't be doing it. I'd, exactly. I'd be working 60 hours a week at my job instead of taking days off if I want to make money. Right. So right. that's, I want to do it because I love doing it. So Yeah. I, I, I love writing, and I will write it to the day, you know, I, I, I pass over because it's who I am. Like mm-hmm. you said, even if it never made no money off of it, I would just write, just A to get it out and just write for me because that's who I am. Right. So I definitely can... Um, understand that one so we were we wanted to talk about well we were when we were talking we were talking about millennials and their scope (laughs) on society and i am a millennial i'm 30 years old Mm -hmm. uh i believe you're a millennial i don't know how 27 okay um i don't think i have a millennial scope on society because i don't even like it's it's funny like i like learning about people but also at the same time, I don't like people. <laughs> I'm, I'm an introvert, so yeah, like I don't really like going out. Yeah. So I don't really have a scope on society like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at politics, I don't look at it the same way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot happening that's not being told. Yeah. I think things that are happening are like we think it's absurd, but I think there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I think like it's either diversion or it was like 
it just doesn't seem right. A lot of weird things are happening right, in, in the media. And yeah. I, don't, I don't even watch the news. I call it bad news. <laughs> like, I don't turn it on. I don't watch news. Mm-hmm. And it has not affected me one bit. Mm-hmm. And there are things in politics I do find interesting. Like, I find, like, like the farm bills interesting. Mm-hmm. I find uh, things in the local community yeah. interesting. But... Oh, what is it? What do you think a millennial scope on society is? Not just in yeah. politics, but <clears throat> I, that, that's a good question because I I really don't know because like you said I'm not really into the I don't have a millennial standpoint. My mindset is not millennial. People always like my girlfriend actually just said to me earlier I have like an old soul. Like I just I, I guess the millennial standpoint is I guess for me what I've seen is just follow the trends. Yeah. What's ever trending, I'm gonna follow that. So therefore, it if the climate is let's talk about Donald Trump, let's just let's just follow that trend. Let's follow the trends of this. We'll follow the trend of that. Um, and and people don't have no 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 individuality no more. And I think that's that's honestly what it is that we don't have a grasp on who we are as people. See, you know? I well, I was listening to the conversation this morning when I. My boy had uh, horse therapy, so just riding a horse, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a family next to me talking, and they were talking about Donald Trump. They were talking about the scandals going on in Hollywood, yeah. like the the was the sex cult thing. They were talking <laughs> about yeah. just they were talking about Facebook, like oh, then Facebook says I'm going to need to either accept or it's going to terminate my account oh, yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. and. I mean, they're talking about trending things. Mm-hmm. I think that's the public in general. Yeah. I think maybe there's definitely a stereotype mm-hmm. for millennials. It is. People yes. think it's always the millennials are not old enough and they're they not responsible. Yeah. They don't do, yeah. yeah. Where I see millennials are having babies later in life. Mm-hmm. I see that. I see that they're, uh, I see like, working class women mm-hmm. in millennials. I think that is like yeah. where women went that are going to the top. They're they're like most of my bosses are women. Yeah. Uh, but like I see them not having the babies till later. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I see in millennials that's different from like my mom's generation, which is the baby boomer generation, yeah. is that we go after what we want. Yeah. And and you know, the whole get a job, work it 30, 30 years, get your retirement, and then just retire. I don't see millennials doing that. I, I see us going, like, like, like you just said, going after our dreams, going after what we want. I think that's the biggest difference, and they, they view it as inconsistency, like inconsistent. Um, like, I, I know most of my friends, they're all going with their, for their dreams. Now, they're working nine to fives, but they will literally tell you, like, I can't work this job for 30 years, for 40 years. I can't work at a plant for 40 years, retire, and then get a pension, and then just sit down. Mm-hmm. That's not what. That's not our mindset. Our mindset right. is going after our dream, going after what we love, and just making it happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest, biggest difference of the generations. And then, like I said, it gets misconstrued it as um, you guys are inconsistent, you're unstable, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like, no, we're just doing what you guys were supposed to do mm-hmm. you know what i mean so but i see that like throughout all of history like, yeah i think maybe just w- facebook and all those kind of myspace and <laughs> MySpace. even before that yeah 
that was all with us. We kind of grew with that. Mm -hmm. So I think it just kind of got into the media that. Do you think that social media plays a part in society now? Oh, yeah. More than it did, let's say, back in the 90s? That's how people get their news. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you want to find out, you check social media. Facebook, you know, Instagram, yeah, yeah, it's on there. And people, what I don't understand lately is people are deleting like their Facebook account. They're like, oh, I, there's so much toxicity. I'm going to delete it. Mm -hmm. And that's all over. And I, I definitely agree with that standpoint. But at the same time, I don't see the toxicity because I'm not looking for it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on Facebook, I'm on it for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. I have groups I check. I check. Usually I don't even scroll. I just check what's right there. Right, right. Maybe scroll a tiny bit and that's it. But like, People have all these, they're like, oh, I need to delete it because I'm so depressed and mm -hmm. I feel so much better. But I, I don't really understand that. Like, yeah. So do you think that social media has had a negative impact on millennials? Mm, definitely the, definitely the uh, competition. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they're on vacation. I see their pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm stuck here at home. I never go on vacation. Mm -hmm. the, always the look at me. Yeah. Comparison. Yeah. It's almost like you judge your life based upon someone else's picture or status. Yep. And it's That's a constant, it it's a constant comparison, mm -hmm. constant battle. Oh, she got 5,000 likes. Oh, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. People. Or, or, or the, the biggest one, um, what, what is it? Uh, relationship goals. Mm, that's yeah. that's the that, that's the biggest one we see. Yeah. And we, you know, we fantasize about different things. And I, I think social media has its, has its good parts, its positive points, but at the same time, it can be, can be negative. Mm -hmm. It can be because, like I said, we focus so much on the followers, the likes, and everything yeah. else that we forget to, in a sense, that these are people. You know, these are these are real. Oh yeah, people, yeah. You know? They're not an avatar. It's not a real person. Exactly. There. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest thing for our millennials. Yeah. We're so media, social media driven, that um, we just forget about everyday life and mm -hmm. reality. Yeah, it, it is tough. We shouldn't live in the social media world. Yeah, I don't think it's um, on Black and Reveal. One of our, I think it was our first episode. Um, we were talking about um, just media, social media in general, and talking about um, how that affects our relationships, friendships. And uh, I, I said that you know you can go out to a restaurant and see a group of friends. Everyone's taking a picture. No one's ever interacting. No one's talking. Oh, yeah. No one's is. Let me snap this. Let me snap this. But you're not living in the moment. We have rules for that in our group. What? Like uh, we we just don't go on our phones. It's mm -hmm. like who are you talking to? All your friends are here. <laughs> like exactly, you know, exactly. Like why are you on the phone? Yeah. Or like they're not paying attention because they're on their phone. We'll call mm -hmm. each other out. Mm -hmm. But like we still have like people in the friends group that's always on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I, it, I always made it a rule. Like if I'm I want to be in the now. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm talking to you, I'm not going to be playing on my phone. Like, right. I'm here to talk to you. Right, right. So, like, I feel like the same thing even if we go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm having dinner with you. Like, yeah. shouldn't I don't need to be on my phone. Yeah, I think there's a time and place to capture the moments through pictures and the video. Yeah. But I think that if your phone's consistently in your hand mm -hmm. and the person that you're with, whether yeah. it's a friend, relationship, family, yeah, if they're like, can you get up your phone? Can you just talk? Can you just interact for two minutes? Mm -hmm. Then that, that becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, Especially in like relationships yeah, too. That's a big problem. Like I've I've always had that problem. Like 
always on your phone. Like, and then you yeah. complain about me being like writing music all the time. It's like, <laughs> but you're always on your phone. Like, at least I'm doing something. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I, I know that um, me and my girlfriend, we actually started this that um, when we sit down and talk or sit down and have dinner or breakfast, that um, there's no phones. Mm-hmm. Like, put your phone away. Let's have a conversation. Like, like how are you doing? Um, and so a lot of times, like I said, we always want to be on our phones digital. Let's take a picture. Let's post. Let's get all these likes because we're just so cute, which is great at times. But then that moment has passed. And then you look back and say, dang, I spent that moment with that person on my phone. Because you don't know if that moment is your last moment with that person. Mm-hmm. But you're on your phone, and then the person could be gone tomorrow. Your last moment with that person, you're on your phone. So like I said, at this time and place for it, I think that it should be in proportion. Yeah. Yeah, because it is we're so consumed with it. Social media is a it, we're a social media driven culture. That's the thing that sucks with like if you're trying to get a business or your mm-hmm. your service or product out there, you mm-hmm. have to be on social media. Right. And that that does suck. Yeah. It's hard because I know for me like I'm like okay, take a picture. Okay, post it. It's like trivia for me cuz I don't naturally just post. I post because I have to, you know, to get my writing and who I am out there. But I'm like, I don't want to. It's so, it's another thing I got on my to-do list. Yeah. You know, like post this time. Post at these hours because that's when the peak is. And it's just like, that's another thing to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, it has all its negatives, but there's definitely pop. probably more positives than mm-hmm. negatives. Mm-hmm. Like, like podcasts, for example, like. I listen to 40 to 60 hours of podcasts at work a week. So, like, I get to learn so much. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, I learn about just, like, there's a podcast called Stuff You Should Know, Mm -hmm. and that one's awesome. Mm -hmm. They do all kinds of stuff. And there was this one episode where they talked about rotating crops. So each year the farmer would rotate the cows over here and put the the crops here and, like, in the – what happens is like the animals till up the ground and like now it's real fertile and everything. And yeah. it's just simple stuff like that. Or like learning about, there's probably something about social media on there. There's right. pro- like about politics, anything. Right. And I get to learn about that. It's fun. Yeah. I think social media definitely helps us. It thrusts us up in a different um, lane that we didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, what, almost 20 years ago. You know, in the nineties we are, we got our, our media from television or, or the radio. Yeah. So now we can listen to podcasts, we can have everything at our fingertips. You can just Google about anything you wanna yeah. know. You know, how do you cook noodles or something like that. It's just like, it's right there. Right. So it definitely has its positive points and, um, and, 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 yeah. and it has it, yeah. Do you think uh, between the difference, or not the difference, but relating like the 90s mm-hmm. or 80s, anytime, and now with social media, like the problems in society, like say like the um, like like equal rights and um, women's rights and mm-hmm. just uh, just in general, like what mm-hmm. you see like on all, like all over in social media. Do you think it was like that then? And we just didn't know. Absolutely. Do you think, do you think it's worse now, or do you think it's no? It, ne- it, it was never worse. It now it's just un- unveiled. Yeah. It, <clears throat> To me, it, it was never the same problems. First of all, history repeats itself yeah. if we don't if we don't if we don't cut it from the roots. So what we're seeing now in today's climate, equal rights, um, equal pay, 
that stuff was going on in the 90s, 80s, 70s, but people wasn't as um, open about it. And like you said, it, it wasn't, because you can post something and get shared, it goes go viral and everyone knows about it. So I, like I said, I think it definitely, it definitely was going on, but it wasn't as open. People didn't hear about it or people didn't want to hear about it because some topics are hard to talk about. But then there are some that we can talk about. Oh, okay, you just brush on the rug. And then 2018, we hear it again. And people will say, oh, it's so bad now. I'm like, no, it's, it's been bad. It's just been brushed on the rug. It's going to repeat itself until it gets chopped from the roots. Yeah. But I yeah. think the difference now is before then, I feel like if you talk about it out in public, yeah. people aren't as offended as now because now people can throw a comment under it, exactly. under your post. And exactly. like, they get offended by anything you say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, I don't know how to go around that. People you know? are very, um, like walking on eggshells nowadays. Like, I think back then you can talk about it and people say, okay, and people are digested. Okay, cool. But now you say something on social media and it's like 100,000 comments and it just, everybody has an opinion. I think social media or in general has given people opinions, whereas back then everyone had an opinion, but, it wasn't shared continuously, yeah. you know. So, um, I, like I said, I think I think it it was still the same. It's just more on a a more higher scale. You get you have given people permission to your life to speak on your life, because before you had permission, but you wouldn't dare say it. But now, 2018, people feel as if they have full reign into your life to say anything they want to say to you with no consequences. Mm -hmm. So, that's how I, that's how I view it. So what can we do about that? How can we start to fix that? Because it's going to keep happening mm -hmm. if we don't. And like what, what you stand for and what your podcast stand mm -hmm. for and all your fans and everything. Yeah. Like how can we all work together to prevent all this negativity? And it's, I think it's in the social media world. Because if you go up and you talk, you go up somewhere here in, in the library and like walk up to them and, and have a conversation with them mm -hmm. they're not going to say the same thing they as on social media exactly. usually yeah. right How, i don't think you can prevent it i think the best way is we have to listen to each other listen to understand not to respond we need to understand what the person is saying even if that person is disagreeing or being combative with you i think the biggest thing is understanding understanding what the other person is saying, their perspective, and their mindset when it comes to a certain topic, depending on what that topic is. Um, so to prevent it, I, I, I don't think we can prevent it. You can't prevent someone else's opinion. You can't change someone else's opinion. The only thing you can do is provide your perspective on it and allow that to resonate in them, and then they make their own decision based upon that. Right, just like just like philosophers do right. when they just have a conversation. Exactly. All they're doing is having a conversation. Conversation. And I'm trying to understand you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take your biggest point and mm -hmm. try to prove it right. Exactly. Is what I'm trying to do. Mm. But that's changing the world one person at a time. I mean, yeah. We can do that. That's been going on forever. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think podcasting is a good way to do that and now it's bigger than ever it's getting bigger and bigger yeah and absolutely i think that's one thing that's helping us out a lot because we don't have we don't have anyone running us 
Like, mm-hmm. you can have a podcast about anything. Right. It's not, like, filtered through, like, like a network on TV right. that only wants what the masses want mm-hmm. and, like, will not put up a show that's, like, they won't because it's not um, trendy or, exactly. you know, like, yeah. that's what I like about podcasts. It is not affected yet. Yeah, I feel like podcasts, it doesn't have any boundaries. You can, like you said, you can speak on what you want to speak about in full confidence that um, you can get it out there. And if people don't want to listen to it, they don't have to listen to it. So, yeah, I think, I think the more platforms we get where we can speak our voice and speak the truth, um, or what's true to you, I think that's that's definitely the first start. And and, and I guess um, listening to understand, not to respond. Cause a lot of times we listen to someone else, and in our mind we're like constructing a response already, but you're not listening to what that person is saying. Yeah. So I think the first thing we need to do is understand one another. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's, it's real tough. Very tough. We live in a very fast-paced world where you get the first thirty seconds. They need their it's Content. a popcorn generation. It's yeah. constantly, you want to now, now, mm-hmm. now. And it's, it's tough to listen. It's tough to listen to just be quiet and listen. And I know for myself, it's, it's tough. It's tough to just sit and just listen to someone because you have your own opinion, your own thoughts, your own perspective, and you want to get yours out. But at the same time, you have to allow the person to get theirs out too. Right. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's, that is really tough to do. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So what do you have uh, planned? What's your future like? Hmm. Five years, 10 years? Are you speaking of today? Oh, well, let's talk about near future. Near future. Yeah. Okay, three to five years. Near future, I'm going to be married. That's, 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 that's it. I'm going to be married. I want to be my career. Even if it's just the beginning of my career, I want to be in my career, which means I want to be a part of the WGA Surprise Give America. I want to be on a TV show, whether it's a staff writer, a PA, anything. I want to be in my career. Um, I want to be in California, um, and I, I, I just want, I just want to be in, in, in my passion. And um, so, three years, five years, I, I want to be my, in my passion, in, in my dreams. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Cleveland is doing a lot of tax incentives, so I checked that out. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw that. Was it last week? I saw that. Yeah. 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 yeah they've been talking that, about that for a while now, mm-hmm. and now I see it happening. So there's a lot of stuff shooting over in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland is a big one. So is Atlanta. Atlanta's a big okay. one too. Atlanta's a really big for. Um, it was Detroit, but they did some stuff with the films and um, the taxes are, are more now, but. Um, that's that's what I definitely see. What about you? Uh, future for me, um, I, I want to be doing the same thing. Yeah. Like I want to still be doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. I see it growing. I see my like everyone, my, all my guests from the beginning. Like I had a few guests, and then there's a big drought of just it was like impossible to get someone on. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, just I I, I have like I'm probably like six to eight guests oh. from now. Like episodes from now so like doing very well got yeah. some uh big people coming on the show cool. so well to me <laughs> i'm i'm nobody so <laughs> it's all them doing the, all the work well i appreciate you asking <laughs> me coming on because i got the invitation i was like oh absolutely definitely and yeah i thought it'd be cool yeah i i, I definitely it's my first time actually um doing a podcast with someone else oh, okay outside yeah. of care yeah. so um 
I, I do appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem at all. It was a it was it's a trip well needed as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, three to five years, I do not see myself full time in what I want to do yet. Okay. I want to do aim around ten years is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's my goal because I work so much, I have kids, so things are a little slowed down. Mm-hmm. But uh, ten years, I would like to have Perpessence, which is the podcast and the like the how we call it the the studio mm-hmm. i want it to be a studio because i want to do shows and um, okay. a movie and i want to have a like music put through like awesome. albums on there and then the podcast so i want it to be like a whole hub so do you just write music or do you i know you play you said do you do you sing as well or uh, i don't i haven't sang in so long <laughs> right. so yeah no <laughs> you just write it in. okay yeah okay yeah, I do a lot of, um, we're writing, my friends come over every Saturday and we write music. Oh, awesome. So it's like a like a pop rock band kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more for fun. Mm-hmm. And then I myself do film scores. Oh, so awesome. I write for like short films, local films, sometimes stuff over in yeah. California. Uh, scoring is pretty cool. Yeah, I scoring love it. Is, scoring is amazing. If I could do anything full time, it'd be that. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love doing it. I get to chill at home. Who's your favorite composer? Um, that's hard. It changes from time to time, but, uh, my favorite would be Trevor Morris is his name. He does the video games, Dragon Age, and he does a show called Vikings, Mm -hmm. which I I love that show. And he does a couple, uh, London has fallen was a movie he's done. Um, but yeah, he's the reason why I wanted to like work really hard. I love, um, of course it's so cliche, Hans Zimmerman. Oh, Hans Zimmer. Um, yeah, Hans yeah. Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's amazing. And then um, what's the guy who does all the Disney um, songs? Uh, I can't think of his name. He's a great composer yeah. as well. Yes, yeah, so scoring is scoring is amazing. I, I listen to a song that's attached to a movie. It, 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 it brings, changes the it whole scene. It changes scene, yeah. everything. I cannot imagine not having a score attached to a movie. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a right. beautiful thing. And when not to have music too. Yeah, is like there's yeah. like it makes things even more like. Uh, impacts the drama even more depending <laughs> yeah. on the scene definitely so what do you think is your biggest fear when it comes to your dreams biggest fear when it comes to my dreams um well I've already surpassed that I don't know if I have a new one now or not <laughs> um right but not being good enough mm-hmm. and that it will never happen mm-hmm. was my fear so I'm like, I try so hard and just like it, everything works against me. So I'm like, might as well give up. Right. I quit music around age 21 to 25. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pick up the guitar. I didn't want to do anything. And when I had my son Asher, I'm like, all right, I have a year till he's born. So I need to like do something. So I wrote an album. Oh, wow. And ever since then, I said, I am not quitting this time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I like doing it. So that's the same with with the podcast, doing it because I like doing it. Yeah. So yeah. anything I do, it's all passion. Everything's a passion project. If so I happen to have money, that'd be great. Right. But so when you said you surpass it, how did you surpass it? Uh, well, when my your son, son got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. So he was your motivation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It didn't happen. It just happened. So. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think my biggest fear is. And I think there's a lot of people's fear, fear of failure, fear of 
not making it, yeah. you know, creating a script or creating something and it's not being a well received or just it doesn't hit how, how I want it to hit. There's so many other people it doing is. the same thing. It's so many writers, TV writers and film writers, people who went to school for it. I didn't go to school. Mine's just a natural given talent. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of the, uh, like uh, one guy I really like is Dan Harmon. And he does like Rick and Morty, he does community and does a lot of good stuff. And you know, he, I, I don't think he went to college for writing. I know he went to community college, but um, yeah, like a lot of writers don't go. No. But then you can learn on your own. Yeah, you can. Like that's how I learned. I just studied who I liked. Mm -hmm. So I read their scripts. Mm -hmm. I downloaded audiobooks. I just wrote and yeah. lots of practice writing. And yeah. I went to school for uh, digital media arts, so more so for the how to hold a camera, editing, yeah. film, how to you know how to shoot a film, direct it, et cetera, but never for writing. Mm -hmm. um, I think writing is just a natural gift. I think you can um, perfect your craft. Um, so I've read books, I've read tons of scripts because um, they're available online. Just yeah. just pull them up and read them and just how to construct a script, um, the different flow, different characters, and how to um, write a character. You know, characters not just, oh, she's happy, she's sad. There's a lot more detail. Oh, yeah. It's Everything from like their height to like height. what kind of clothes they're wearing yep. to yeah, mm -hmm. just little quirks they have. Yep. You have to yeah. write everything. You have to know their, your character, you have to know your character better than they know themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, because um, like you said, down to the quirks, how tall she or he is, and yeah. it, it's, it's a lot. And then you have to learn when you cast to throw all that out the window. Throw you know? out the window. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter because he or she could be amazing. Well, yeah. That's not what my. Yeah, but yeah. they nailed it. Like, they know, that's yeah. who it is. Like That's the hard part. Like uh, Hugh yeah. Jackman for Wolverine. He <laughs> is Wolverine. He's like, Wolverine, great. Wolverine is Hugh Jackman. Right. Like, it's not the other way. You right, know? Like, right. That's, that's just who it is. I think I, I went to one casting call for this play I did um, 2017. And um, he had, with the director, he had all his characters and literally he went with everyone opposite his, uh, opposite what he had because he's like well you nailed it but you're not what my character says but it's okay mm -hmm. you know you know she nailed that character she right. embodied that character so that's the hardest part yeah. is having what you have in your mind and then just throw out the window mm -hmm. you can just oh yeah it. it's definitely a personal thing mm -hmm. get you get yeah. you low <laughs> i'm like dang well i just i made this character so detailed but then you just came and you're not nothing like my character i thought so yeah. So what's what's uh the biggest lesson you've learned in life? Like the mm, hardest lesson. The hardest lesson. Mm. The hardest lesson I had to learn in life. I think the hardest lesson I had to learn was to accept myself in its entirety. Like what that means. Yeah. Um a lot of times we Oh, yeah, I accept myself, I love myself, but then you don't. Mm -hmm. You don't accept it because when someone comes at you, when someone says something to you, you get so upset. And it's like, well, that person's opinion shouldn't affect who you are, affect your worth. So I, th I think that's the biggest lesson I had to learn was to accept all of me, entirety, inside and out. And that's hard yeah. because there are some things that I'm like, I don't want to accept that. I don't want to um, say that I have. I don't want to... It, oh, this is a flaw. Flaws can be changed, but you have to accept that at that moment, that's, that, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. They can be changed, definitely, especially if they're negative flaws. Yeah. But I think 
accepting me, you know, um, being a woman, being a black woman, being gay, it's like you have to accept all of that, you know? And that was hard. That was really hard to accept that. And and then have, have also having like a, a mental disorder that I have, being bipolar, it's like to accept all those things and to really, yeah, totally. it's a, a lot yeah, to accept. Is. I'm still learning, definitely still learning, but I think that's the hardest lesson is to love myself through and through. Yeah, it is super that's, tough. That's, that's super mm-hmm. tough because um, people will tell you that something's wrong with you. This is that, their opinion. They place their perception or their perspective on you. Then you take it and make it who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we all want to fix people, but we don't want to fix ourselves. Mm. That's what I see a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. maybe you need this. Maybe you need therapy. Maybe you need these meds. Maybe like mm-hmm. we, There's always something to solve it. Why not just accept it? Yeah. for who you are right. and yeah. know exactly who you are. Yeah, and, and just and allow people to come into your life to accept you too. I think that's another one too, allow people to accept you. But we, we amplify ourselves into other people. So if you True. are you, they are going to be them mm. because they're going to feel comfortable around you and they're right. gonna, you learn by example. So right. like, they're going to learn from you. Right. And if they don't like you, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. and who cares mm-hmm. right you know yeah they should leave they should so yeah that, that's how i see it so if you accept you for yourself the people around you are just gonna fall right in place yeah so, or leave or, or leave yeah so what about you what's your what's your biggest thing that you have to learn the hardest thing that, that you have to learn well that was it's basically the same exact thing mm-hmm. i am a single father have two kids my son is diagnosed with autism mm. and like, there's a big stigma around all that. And mm-hmm. I see him as uh, a kid. Like I don't see anything else. Right. I see him as myself. It's how I see him. Mm. And my, my, my biggest thing was I, I fell all the way down right. and I didn't know who I was. And that was a little over a year ago. So I, I looked, my, looked at myself in the mirror I said, "Am I happy?" Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. That do I? I looked at. I said, "Do I love you?" No, I don't. Right. And I would do that often. And mm-hmm. like I remember the time when I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking in the mirror and I didn't know who that was. Mm-hmm. Like I lit- Like I. I've never like looked in the mirror, and actually stood there and looked at myself and like almost study myself like mm-hmm. who are you right. and i normally don't like looking at myself so i like i don't either you know it's it's <laughs> weird it's like hearing your voice the same time or for the first time on the mic it's like oh i hate my yeah. voice yeah it's like the same thing and i worked a whole year i meditated i wrote in a in a like a journal i documented like every day and my feelings and and like i learned what hate was i learned what anger was what sadness was and like i looked for the root cause and try to like understand that Mm -hmm. like and once i once i did understand myself and i did love myself now i can look at others and like the way they act out say they act out selfishly or Mm -hmm. they act out blame they blame you it's like all right, hold on a second. Let me understand the whole situation. You're upset. Right. I get it. Like, 
you you can you can blame me all you want. I understand why you're doing that now. Now I don't look at the blame. I look past the blame. I look into them and like there that's a person that's upset. Yeah. Like what can we do about that? Yeah. So and sometimes one they don't love themselves either. So like that used to be me. Mm-hmm. I can't be mad at that person no matter what they do. Like they and you can look at a someone that used like you were married to and you got into a divorce. You can look at them like that. Uh, a sibling or someone in the family or best friend or just a random person that you meet in the store mm-hmm. and they're like they lash out at you for no reason. It's right. like that person they must be having a bad day to lash out onto me. I'm a s I don't even know the person. Right. So I just try to understand past the feelings, yeah. the root problems, the sources. Mm-hmm. And that helped me out a lot. Right. So yeah, I had to go all the way down and be the most depressed person I've ever seen in my life to to get back up. Yeah, I think there's there's always a root to to an issue. There's never the person just doesn't <clears throat> do something without there being a reason why. You know, and um I, I I'm the same way, like like, but why are you doing that? Like, what's the root of it? Why are you so angry? Why are you so sad? Why did me saying this cause this reaction from you? What is the root of that? Am, you know, am I hitting something that was already there? Or am I creating something? You know, so I definitely understand that. Definitely with the, mm-hmm. with the roots. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely. And then digging those roots up are hard because it's an inner healing. And yeah. inner healing never feels good. Yeah, you, you always have to work on yourself. Yeah. Just because I'm better now doesn't mean I don't need to work on myself. I'll go right back down. Right. Because I always have problems even now. So Mm -hmm. they're definitely not as bad. But stuff I need to work on. Like lately I've been lazy. I know that. Like mowing my lawn. I I didn't mow my lawn till today. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I've been lazy on that. Yeah. And it's hard. I, I, I look at myself. I say, oh, you know, you don't have anyone helping you out. Mm-hmm. You're, a, you're a single dad, and I try to pity myself, but there's no excuse. Right. There's not at all. So mm-hmm. what? I have it a little harder. There's always someone who has it harder. So True. I need to, I need to get up and right. go mow the lawn. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, like you said, um, I have my good days and bad days. You know, even though I, I accepted myself, I'm still accepting parts of me that that is hard to accept, um, and get to a realization that this. Is, is is inside of me, especially with the with the being diagnosed diagnosed with the bipolar. That's that's something that was hard to accept. It's, a, it's something a lot of people don't understand. It is. I I actually tried to understand it. I got on a podcast or listened to one. It's called Mental Illness Happy Hour, and mm. I just like looked up everything on it because I I know someone who has it, and I studied the crap out of it, mm-hmm. and it's super interesting, mm-hmm. and. Uh, now I understand. When before I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just from movies, and that's and that not term real. Is, that term is constantly thrown around. Like, oh, you're just bipolar. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, you're bipolar. Yeah. No, you're just having a a, a mood swing, or you're in a bad yeah. mood. Yeah. Like, that's it's, totally different. It's not bipolarness. It's not that. So I think, um, being that diagnosed with that and accepting that part of me, and at the same time allowing someone else to accept that part of me too, is is very hard because you feel as though no one accepts you because like you said it's it's a very hard thing if you don't know about it it's very hard to understand Mm -hmm. it is it is 
So it, it, it takes time, because I have to understand it, because it's, it's who I am. Like, why am I feeling so depressed today? You know, why am I feeling so low? Like yesterday I was totally fine, but why am I feeling so low today? Um, so I think I have to learn, you know, who I am first before I can expect someone else to learn who I am. So, so what do you do when you're having the, one of those days where you just, you wake up and yeah. you don't know why, but you feel depressed. And when you are, what do you do about that? What do I do? I, I talk to my girlfriend, actually. That's what I do. I, I, I talk to her and um, even though sometimes I, I can't put into words how I'm feeling, I still try to communicate. This is what I'm feeling. This is how I feel. Um, what do you think about how I'm feeling right now? And just try to get it out of me because if it stays there, it's going to be um, just brewing. But at the same time, I've learned that there are triggers. For me, there are triggers that trigger that depression. So if I feel rejected, which 99% of the time I'm not rejected, that's just how I'm perceiving it. If I feel rejected, my mind starts to wonder, and then you get into depression stage. Um, now the flip side of that is the mania stage. That's just that just comes. Um, one day you wake up and you just my mania comes out spinning. I just spin, 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 yeah. spin. And I didn't realize that until recently. I was like, wow, I spent a hell of a lot of money this week, and I wonder why. And talking to certain people, and I just you know learned it out, well figured it out. But um, what I do, I like I said, I talk to my I talk to my girlfriend. I also just try to process what I'm feeling and feel it. Um, I used to bury it, just, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not, forget just forget about it. Let me just do something to forget about it. But it's still there. It's not out of you. So I've just learned to feel it um, in its entirety, talk it out. And then also I, I read. I, I'm always reading something, whether it's an article on my phone, whether it's um, uh, a book, a magazine, I'm always reading. So reading allows me to escape at the same time. Reading allows me to... Um, process what I'm feeling. And a lot of time I'm reading about what I'm going through. It allows me to process what I'm feeling and just get it out of there. And um, it may it may take days. Um, for me, it takes maybe about three to five days maybe to really get that out of me. And um, it's, it, it, like I said, it just comes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's def definitely must be tough. So, so what did you learn about bipolar when you said you read about it? Um, I know there's like two different types. Mm -hmm. The, the oh, if I remember right, um, I know there was an A and B. Is that what it is? One and two. One and two. One yeah. And two. yeah. And one's the one where they uh, would have like visions of God, or they mm -hmm. or they see everything on fire, or like that's mm -hmm. a common one. Mm -hmm. Just like like really intense. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the type two was. The, well, I believe a hypomania or yep. something like yep. that. Hypomania. Yeah. Yep. You have your highs and you have your really lows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have the two. The one I've heard actually heard of that one. Yeah, the, like I've heard. Fire, some, I've heard some stories. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it, but people may and, and like I said, if you're not if you're not open to it or, or know much about it, like think, oh, that's that's just craziness. Like it's some people are like a, a girl I know. She has that too, where mm -hmm. she sees the fire and it's just a lot. I don't have that. I have the, yeah. the second one with the mania. So. Yeah, I don't, that's a tough one right there. Yeah. It's like, that would have to be someone super close in my life mm -hmm. to deal with that. Like, it's that's, tough. that's tough. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> the, second, you know? the second one is hard too. Oh, I, I, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. The, but the first one is very, um, that, that's a very serious one. Mm -hmm. They're both serious, don't get me wrong, but 
the first one, you definitely have to understand that person and love yeah. that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like I said, and, and then also with knowing this information, it's like I always thought I would never find no one. Because like I said, I went through a bad breakup last year. And I found out during my breakup. And, you know, breaking, I was like, I would never find nobody who would accept this part of me because it's a lot to deal with. You know, and one of my good friends was like, yeah, you will. You'll find someone who accepts that part, is willing to try to help you and try to be there for you. And that was one of my problems, too, for a long time, being depressed because of that, thinking that this will hinder me. And it's not. It's not well, if, if anything, it strengthens you because yeah. you find out who you really are. Mm -hmm. And then you get to now attract someone like you on the same frequency right. that, right. like, knows who they are. Right, yeah. It's... That's, that's very good, actually. You get to track who you are. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we're all like magnets. Like, magnets, yeah. You know, we all attract each other. Yeah, yeah. And magnets also repel. So mm -hmm. if that's why they say, well, they say opposites attract, but I don't, I don't think that. They, they may, but I, like it's, you get to choose who you want to stay. And mm -hmm. I feel like how I said before, we all amplify who yeah. we really are. So I think opposites attract, but at the same time, there is a strong enough attraction and strong enough on the same wavelength to keep you. Because if you're completely opposites, it's like you guys probably would never, never, yeah. never. But something is um, similar. Something about it is definitely. Um... See, I, I, for me, well, I'm single. Mm -hmm. And for me, with the relationship, I don't need someone that does music. I don't need someone that does podcasting. Mm -hmm. But what I do need is someone that like, like has their shit together. Mm -hmm. They have a passion. They 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 don't rely on someone as a mm -hmm. crutch. Mm -hmm. They actually like know who they are. That's right. that's what I need. Yeah, I I never. <laughs> it's so funny to say that I never. Um, back when I was single, I was like, I do not want no one who is in. Who is, who's creative, I, I just can't handle it. Like, oh, she's an actress or she's, I just, no. I want someone opposite in careers. And I mean, she's a teacher that's completely opposite, you know? So I, 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 I won't say I never wanted it, but I was never attracted to that. Like, I'm always in La La Land. I need someone who is in realistic, who is on earth. Cause I'm always like, you know, in a day it's just, whoo, you know? And I need someone that's like, okay, no, this is real, real, real reality. You know, and someone who is consistent. But you're right. Um, someone who writes scripts or something like that. I, I, I wasn't. I didn't want that. I want someone the complete opposite in that aspect. Um, because I, like I said, we're both in La La Land. It, it won't. It won't work. <laughs> For me, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so. So, do you have anything left you would like to say? Uh, I mean, I just want to encourage. Um, anyone who you know would listen to this podcast yeah say that, someone is struggling or like mm -hmm. going through a hard time yeah just I, I always say feel what you feel don't suppress it feel what you feel and your feelings are valid and don't allow anyone to allow to make you feel as if what you're feeling is wrong even if you know you may be seeing things from a different perspective feel what you feel and allow yourself to heal give yourself time to heal you know, give yourself time to um, go through that. You know, everyone goes through different trials and tribulations in their life, but just encourage you to keep going. Just keep going. That may sound so cliche, but just keep going because there are better days. There's better days coming.
and just focus on your internal healing and allow people to love you and love yourself. Awesome. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, because my problem was, like, I wanted things now. Like, Mm -hmm. now I'm like, all right, this may take all my life to do. Yeah. So, like, why not do something you like doing and try to do it for the rest of your life? And you asked me a question. Um, Someone going through something. Don't rush your healing. Everyone heals at different paces in life. Don't rush your healing. Allow yourself time to heal. No one can tell you, okay, it's time to be here. It's time to forgive. Give yourself time. Give yourself an opportunity to have your heart and, and your spirit healed and renewed. So Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. All right. Well, I will see you later. Yeah, 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 yeah.